Welcome to the Moose Podcast, episode 8, I believe. Um, today on the show, I apologize to Leicester City and its fans. We look at the Eagles draft picks and opinionize them. And Alex stands in the corner and acts like a spider plant. <laughs> All that and more on today's episode of the Moose Podcast. <laughs> Transition. No. Okay. So. Not John Cena. If you if you tuned in last week, uh, you would have listened to us drone on in about our mock draft. We took turns making our selections for each team in the NFL in the first round. Uh, It was our mock draft. The first ever moose moose podcast. Yeah, and uh, there were there were there was a trade. Right after we uh, did the mock draft, the Eagles trading with the Cleveland Browns to move up to the second overall selection in the draft, um, which obviously probably would have changed Pete and Alex's picks. Uh, I I kind of anticipated yeah. that and made the select the correct selection. Sure. Oh shit. I said that during the podcast. And so, I said, did I. I I. so did I. So did I. Yeah, we kept went, thinking they were. Eh, no, that'd be dumb. And I went, yeah, but sometimes the Eagles are dumb. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so I was just, I was, I, I had wrote down every selection that we made. Okay, guys, I wrote down every selection we made, um, and I will, I will tell you uh, how many correct selections you each made. So, Alex, you correctly selected. Three players out of thirty-one. <laughs> One being uh, Jared Goff to the Rams. Um, uh, the New Orleans selection at number twelve, uh, right. Rankins, the defensive tackle. And at number sixteen, you correctly selected uh, Taylor Decker, the offensive tackle, going to Detroit. Huh. Peter, sure. you you correctly selected. Four. Wow. Four. Yeah, Jared Goff. You had Joey Bosa going to San Diego at number three. Uh, you had um, Jack Conklin going to, to Cleveland. And you also got the Rankin selection for New Orleans correct. I got six correct. Woo! I win. I got. I correctly selected golf, Wentz, uh, also Rankins. We all chose Rankins to go to New Orleans, so I guess we kind of had the insider knowledge there. You, I guess you knew we did. Uh, yeah, uh, and then Taylor Decker. We I had him going to Detroit, and then the other two that you guys uh, didn't have, which is just sheer luck, really. I had Shaq Lawson going to Buffalo at nineteen, the defensive end, and I also correctly selected. Uh, Burns, the uh, the cornerback out of Miami, going to Pittsburgh. Again, that was kind of that was kind of uh, sheer luck, but yeah. So yeah, I uh, I correctly selected six. Pete selected four, and Alex selected three. <laughs> I would just like to point out that I entered a free draft contest for the hell of it. Thought it was stupid. Uh, paid out to the top 25 people and out of like 4,000 and I came in 20 freaking ninth. 
Yeah. And he was very upset. Yeah. Paid to the top 25, and Alex got 29th. That is terrible Fuck luck. Off. Yep. Well, no, not it was all because I said that, like, I got everything right on betting that the Cowboys were going to take Elliott. Yeah. You know, and, and to transition from that, I want to point out, as I'm looking at this at this mock draft that we co- we co- completed, I didn't take Ezekiel Elliott in at all in the first round. I don't know if I just completely forgot, or if for some reason that evening I just said, fuck Zeke, he's not going in the first round, because first round running backs fail. <laughs> Dallas. So, yeah, I did not pick him. Also, what really screwed over our mock drafts was uh, Laramie Tunzel. Right right before the draft, Laramie Tunzel had two things get posted to his social media accounts. One uh, was a picture of him with a gas mask on, which he was smoking a bong from or yeah, through. Very creative. very creative. Very creative, yeah. I mean, I guess that's engineer-like, but... Allegedly. Yeah. And then the other... What was the other thing, Pete? Oh, he got... There were texts from him and his coach... He, he, his mother was sick or something, and he needed to pay hospital bills. And so he asked his coach, like, yeah, can you just... So since I'm on your team, can you pay my pay my bills? Which is completely illegal. And, yeah. that's what, and they did that. Yeah, that, 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 um, that's called, like, boostering, and you're not allowed to um, help any kind of financial situation. Even if, it, if it's, you know, obviously that pulls at your heartstrings. You want to help out uh, any kind of, any teammates, any, any players. But... Yeah. It's just it's in it's in the uh, the bylaws I guess of the NCAA that that's just not okay. No. Um, and then also another thing that really uh, messed up our our mock draft. Miles Jack uh, dropped into the second round. He was selected by Jacksonville in the second round. But let's see here. Um, Miles Jack, Pete, you had him going. Five to Jacksonville. So, yeah, I mean, I do we do we count that as a win? No. I I sure. also had him going to Jack Jacksonville, but that's at number five. Um, Alex, let's see here. You had him going to number number. You had him going number ten to New York. Yeah. But yeah, he ended up going in the second round to Jacksonville. So that that really threw a wrench into uh, into our projections. But yeah, um, I guess. Teams kind of got scared off. Some kind of fluid in uh, in his repaired knee, um, yeah. but they're they're saying now the doctors are saying that it is fine to play on and he'll be ready to go. So Jacksonville really getting two first round talented, um, yeah, two top ten people. <laughs> yeah, and, and you got to remember that uh, their first round selection last year missed the entire season. With an injury, so they're essentially getting three first-round caliber players starting day one this season, if they're healthy, obviously. But I don't have it offhand here. I don't remember. What their first first-round pick last year? Their first-round pick last year, yeah. Yeah, No, no, Jacksonville. Oh. Uh. I can't remember. He's hurt. He was hurt last year. What's his name? Defensive guy. Yeah, he's 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 on the defense. Part of the reason why I really like Jacksonville defense this year, if they if they can find some kind of uh, 
you know, if if they if there's a bond there, if 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 it if they work together. Fowler. Yeah, there you go, Dante Fowler. Could mm-hmm. not think of his name for the life of me, Dante Fowler. If they can mesh there, they have they have a lot of a lot of talent there on the defense uh, going into this season through the draft and through free agency. Um, just uh, some more comments on the draft before we switch gears and just focus on the Eagles here. Um, I I really my favorite pick of the entire draft is not a sexy pick. It's not a possession. It's not a uh, it's not a uh, a positional player that you know it it. My favorite pick of the draft, Tampa Bay, in the second round, selected kicker Roberto Aguayo from FSU from Florida State. Now, kickers are more important now than ever, with the extra point being moved back to what is it the 30 yard line now uh-huh. somewhere around there um there were there were you know a record number of missed field goals last year because of that or extra points rather and, and field goals were at an all-time prime or all-time you know uh necessity i guess um you look you look at how critical they can be just one poor example would be uh, you look at the the Minnesota Seattle game um, in the playoffs, where where Minnesota's season hinged on the leg of Blair Walsh, and what happened, Pete? Uh, everyone just flipped the fuck out. There was a bad hold. There was a missed field goal and they lost the game, but that was a bad hold. It was a bad hold, but yeah, he sh- he still should have been able to make that kick. Um, yeah. It was a 21-yarder, somewhere around there, 21-yard field goal. That is nearly an extra point in the old system. Uh, it, it, it's it's in the area of clutch. It's 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 almost uh, guaranteed. But yep, he misses it, whether it's a bad hold or not. Um, I, the reason I like the pick is, barring some kind of medical anomaly, the guy is going to be your kicker for the next 10 years. He was the most accurate kicker in NCAA history. I mean, that tells you right there, um, you know. And and the guy nails 50, 50 yard, 55 yard field goals um, consistently. So uh, I think it's a great pick. Um, you know, there's a reason that kickers, the first 30, 35 people on the all-time scoring list. In the NFL, they're all kickers because they score a lot of points, field goals and extra points. Uh, so there you go. That was my favorite pick. Um, so let's 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 switch gears here. I'm talking a lot. Let's let's switch gears here. Let's talk about the uh, the Eagles selections. Um, so not a big surprise here. After after the news of trading up to number two, the Eagles get their guy. They get Carson Wentz. <coughs> Boo! You got big boy. Carson Wentz. Uh, I, I I really like the pick. I think I you know after after the move up and I started doing a little bit more in depth research um, on the guy. He's very intelligent. He got a forty on the Wonderlick test, um, which is which is completely fabulous. Uh, I saw some film film breakdowns with him with 
some of the uh, the major network uh, uh, stars, John Gruden and, uh, and and NFL and the NFL Network had a, had a, a film breakdown segment as well uh, with uh, Coach Mooch. What's his name? Mooch. 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 Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they, you know, he 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 understands the terminology. He can uh, he can make changes to formations and r- routes on the fly. Um, just very intelligent, and he seems like a hard worker. Um, so I really like the pick. I mean, obviously, you'd like for him to sit. Uh, in my perfect world, you'd have him sit and learn underneath of Bradford, but Bradford's not very happy about that. Pete, why don't you fill us in on uh, what Bradford's mindset is right now? Uh, it's really hard to understand what Bradford, yeah, Brianford, Bradford's mindset is because he hasn't talked to anybody. Howie Roseman has been calling him, leaving stuff on his messages, texting him. So is Doug Peterson, and he has not returned any calls. They haven't actually spoken to him after the whole incident. After the trade. The only people they've talked to is his agent. And his agent's the one who's been making all of these talks and trade accusations. So I, he's really just sitting back and hoping he gets traded and is not really realizing that he has any... He doesn't realize that he really has no leverage. Yes. Taking a shot in the dark, trying to get traded. He has no leverage, and no one wants... And he, has, he wants to be traded. He doesn't have any leverage. And Eagles don't want to trade him. So there's nothing he can do except lose money from here on out. You want you want my opinion on this? It, it's it's very it's very childish. It's very childish. I mean, you're 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 28, 29 years old, um, and uh, and in you know in the way I look at it, he's been handed everything everywhere he goes. Starting quarterback at Oklahoma, he ends up you know the the starter at St. Louis. St. Louis never really brought in any quarterbacks that challenged him for the number one spot. Comes to St. Louis, inherits the the quarterback position, and the first instance that they give a challenge to him and he he, he yeah he 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 his out and 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 requests a trade um you know which which any potential suitors that's not the way that you handle things if you want to request a trade you do it internally you don't you don't cry wolf you don't go out to the to the public and yeah. make a scene well, out of it. He, he literally he went over to the agent and said, I want to trade. You go do this. I'm gonna sit back here and not answer anybody. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't know if it's if it's on Bradford or if it's on, on the agent for not handling it properly, but well, it's on him, but I don't think the agent should have told people that he was that mad, but also say this. And then he that's like literally having well he's, he's fighting a stupid battle, but he's all, not only that, but he's not even saying any of it himself. Well, it might be kind of smart for him to not be talking to people because if he does have a very bad way, like if he can't handle his temper at all, it is best to not talk to anyone for a while until you cool down. But he's he's being childish. There's there's no way around that. Um, but I do understand why he's angry because his these are his only years to get anywhere in the NFL. He's already twenty eight or twenty nine, as you said. I don't know which, but. He essentially has one year left with the Eagles, and then he's either going somewhere or he's going to be a backup. I don't think he'll be a backup for that much money. But essentially he needs to make an impact somehow, or else his career is essentially over. Because once you're 30 years old and you don't have a single 
positive starting year under your belt. Yeah, but you know who else? was another former Eagles quarterback who's in the same situations. Like Sanchez is the number one guy, or could be, he's probably going to be the number one guy in Denver. With Paxton, an incredibly lucky situation. With Paxton Lynch backing him up. And he's not flipping out. He actually literally said, is a hey, what's up? He is almost, he's almost out of, out of the league too. He, this is his last chance to be a starter. And he's just, instead of freaking out about it, he's just saying, okay, I'm going to prove myself that I'm going to be a starter again. I mean, that's a good, that's so a good point. Also old. Well, my, here's, here's my thing though. Yes, he's older. Um, and yes, the Broncos did trade up a little bit, but they did, obviously they didn't trade up to number two to select a quarterback. They did trade yeah. up to 26 with Seattle to draft uh, Paxton Lynch. But Pete makes up makes a good point there. At, you know, with with all with the butt fumble and all of the all of the hacks that people take at Sanchez, he has been a a better. You know, a, a more successful quarterback. A more that's that's probably the better term. A more successful quarterback than Bradford has his entire career. Yeah. He's been to the playoffs. He he's been to the AFC Championship game with with the Jets. He's been more successful. And look at how he's handling that situation. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You got a challenge. A consistent career. Yeah. He's been in the same position his entire career. Yeah. So what, Bradford? We no. Know. Sanchez. Sanchez. Yeah, Sanchez, starter for a little while, then he's a backup, then he's a starter for a little while while someone's injured, then he's a backup. He's been doing that his whole life. This is no change for him. So you're saying... Used to being a backup, right now he gets a chance at taking a starter role like he always has been doing. He's always been a guy where you give him a chance and he runs with it and says, yes, mm-hmm. I'm going to make the most of this. But even, if, even, even though he has less of a chance now, he's not complaining about it. Well, yeah, but it's a, it's a completely different situation from Bradford. You know, I'm I'm going to give Sam Bradford a little bit of a little bit of a tip here. If if he if he, uh, he he's a reporting he's reportedly going to skip out on the off season meetings, the the OTAs, the uh, required trainings and things that are coming up here in May. He's going to skip them. He's not going to show up just to show his his anger, his his disple- displease. Uh, he's displeased with with the situation. He's not hurting anyone other than himself. For for the for the organized activities that are fineable, he will receive a fine, and he's hurting himself. He's missing out yeah. on any kind of any kind of team building activities, any kind of learning uh, that's going on with the playbook. And and you know, obviously, it's a new offense with a new coach in there. There's going to be a point where if he's not active, if he's not taking part, and you know he's not showing up to things, that I'm thinking these guys are going to be like, okay, well, you know, not only do we have Carson Wentz, we have we have who's the third string? Third Chase string, Daniel. huh? Chase Daniel. They have Chase Daniel, and he's a capable. I mean, not not a not a very uh, you know, not a highly regarded. Uh, quarterback. He is a he is a, he's pretty much a backup quarterback, but he's a capable quarterback, and they can just throw him in there until Wentz is ready to go, and kind of just put put back for Bradford on the on the back burner. I mean, I know that's a lot of money for Bradford. Is that he's missing out on all the team building exercises and everything 
and that's what he needs to be in there for. Obviously, a lot of the issues last year. Say that again. Uh huh. Communications with the team, and they didn't have proper coordination, and that's what he should be building right now to try and get back in and yeah, do positive things for his career this season. And he's missing all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Like, like I said, he's just hurting himself, and his yeah. pockets are just going to be feeling it this the entire time. That's that's the thing. Well, he's making so much money. I don't. They gave him such a big contract. I don't think those fines are going to pee them very yeah. much. NFL big time NFL people who are all about themselves don't like it when people are taking money from them. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying I don't think it's going to be that bad. This this whole situation just pisses me off. Bradford should not be acting like this. I yeah, think I'm gonna cra- I'm I'm gonna crack a beer tonight. It's it's a work night, but I'm I'm drinking beer, man. Huh. Drinking beer because he's making you drink. Damn you, Bradford! Well, I got part of my friend and alcoholic. We, 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 Although what I do have to say about the pick is I love Wentz. I think he's gonna be really good. I don't like that the Eagles traded up for him. I would have had more faith in Bradford. Let him have everything for a year. Yeah, but if, and if I would use the high picks that they traded away, sure. But the but, linebacker and the offensive line a little better. But here's my question. Here's my question though. Um, so we watch we watch some video here of uh, of um, Howie Roseman, the uh, the general manager of the Eagles, and he said that um, that they were very high on Wentz, and you know when the when the opportunity arose, they had to spring. They had to they had to go for it because yeah. he he was saying that. You look at the NFL, and this is true. I mean, you look at the NFL with some of the aging guys in there. Over the next two or three years, teams teams are going to need quarterbacks. And the Eagles kind of, you know, beat everybody to the punch. Now, obviously, you're taking a gamble on an FCS quarterback. FBS quarterback, I'm sorry. FBS quarterback. um, From a lower level that, you know, hasn't really played against top-tier talent. But... It's the mechanics you're looking at. You're, you know, you're looking at the intangibles, the things that that are on the table that you can look at. Um, you know that he can. You can make him pro ready. Um, you, there's yeah, things well, that you can well, teach. There are some small college people who've done very well, like the unflappable Joe Flacco. Yeah, of course. I, I feel like he gets a mention in every one of our episodes. Yeah. Oh, and Big Ben. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger from Miami of Ohio. But yeah, uh, you know, so, you know, the sky's the limit with this guy. I'm going to be cheering him on from day one. I am very, I am on the Carson Wentz train. You're a bandwagoner. Mm. Yep, I'm on the, I'm from Carson City, man. Uh, (laughs) um, But yeah, so let's move on from that. I know we kind of talked a lot about that, but there is a lot to talk about there because... You look at no. the you look at the Eagles QB death chart. You have a lot of money tied up there, and it's a mess. You don't know who the who the starting quarterback is going to be day one. We'll just cut him. <laughs> just cut everybody. Just cut him. All right. So uh, with all of the trading madness that occurred with the Eagles, their next pick did not come until the third round. Uh, so night two, third round, 79th pick. The Eagles select Pete. They pick. Da, 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 da. Isaac um, Sumalo. Yeah, so, yeah, um, now when ESPN brought up the pick, uh, 
they brought it up that then they showed that Sumalo was a center and I was like well that doesn't really make sense because Kelsey has been solid I think he was kind of he kind of last year he dropped off a little bit because of the Kelly system um, but so I, I expect him to bounce back and be uh, near Pro Bowl if not Pro Bowl caliber uh, center this year so I was like we don't I mean I obviously we all, every team needs offensive line depth but then when I did a little bit of more research, when I saw some more reports on it, he he did play a lot of games at guard as well, yeah. on e, on either side, and he also played a few games at right tackle. So he has experience all along the line. Um, highly rated by Pro Football Focus, you said, right? Yeah, he was the second overall uh, graded pass protector. Yeah, all the guards in the draft. Yeah. Now, now listening to that draft coverage, Mel Kuyper was not very high on Sumalo. Uh, he had him actually a little bit lower on his draft board, but that's that's one mock drafter out of thousands. So, yeah. you know, you can't go off of off of his big board. Football, something they like. He he uh, he's a football guy. His father was a coach at Oregon State, which is probably why he went to Oregon State. I, I like the pick. I think it's great. Um, he, I think he he has the opportunity to start. Um, so you would have you would have Lane Johnson on the right on the right tackle. You have the new guy Brandon Brooks at right guard. Jason Kelsey, like I mentioned, at center. He could start there at left guard possibly, and then you have Jason Peters at left tackle. Um, you know, obviously, if not, he adds excellent depth and. Um, you know, could possibly step in there the following year or the you know yeah. whenever. It, it's it's a solid pick, um, and, and just it's from the little because he is versatile and he can play wherever. He was sort of like Cody Whitehair, who I was up on on the other podcast, where he's a guy that you can throw anywhere in on the line and he'll be able to handle himself. So I think in a lot of injury situations and stuff, he he'll probably get moved around a bunch. But I, I definitely like him. He's just a slightly lower level Cody Whitehair. Yeah. Yes, like I I feel like we're all on the same boat in the same boat there. We 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 do like the pick there. Um next, we wait we did a little bit more waiting here in Eagles Country. I believe we were we were on the road. We were on the way to a soccer game, all three of us. We were heading to the uh, our local MLS team, the Philadelphia Union. We were heading to the game there. Uh, and we were listening to the draft on the radio. And so the Eagles' next selection in the fifth round, overall pick number 153, it's a running back. It's Wendell Smallwood out of West Virginia. Now, he's a small, you know, uh, as the name suggests, he's a smaller He's a smaller running back, 5'10". Um, but he's very versatile, uh, good out of the backfield, uh, needs to work on his hands a little bit. Um, but... I think you know the stats don't lie. Big Twelve is is a premier conference. Obviously, not on the level of a, of an SEC or a Big Ten, but still one of the best conferences in college football. And he led the conference with fifteen hundred rushing yards last year. Um, so that says something there. And when you look at our depth chart, he could fall in, you know, second or third. You know, when you shuffle shuffle things around, maybe maybe bring him in. Eventual Sproles replacement. I could see that as well. Now, um, funny thing about him was, um, and obviously that this is this has become a thing with, when when the draft comes rolling around. 
uh, trolls on Twitter start start digging on uh, prospects Twitter uh, profiles from years in the past when these guys are just going into college, possibly even still in high school, and some of the silly things that they said. Now, Wendell Smallwood uh, had a had a pretty uh, interesting uh, twist in his. Um, I, be, I believe it was back in 2012, so this would have put, put him at the beginning of his college career, if not right before it. He actually had a post where he said that he didn't, you know, wherever he ends up getting drafted, he hoped he didn't get tra- drafted to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, <laughs> so he ends up deleting that tweet. He ends up deleting his account and creating a new one after the draft. And uh, he, he he came out to the media after after the selection, obviously, and he was questioned about it. Uh, you know, everything's out there nowadays. And he said, you know, he was young. Um, he, he doesn't even remember uh, why he posted the tweet. Um, but yeah, you know, he, he's, he's grateful to be in Philadelphia. He was a fan when he was a little kid. He's, he's a local guy. He's actually from Delaware. Um, so yeah, I, I, what do you think of the pick, the pick Pete? Uh, well, given that Ryan Matthews wasn't exactly great at catching the ball out of the backfield, why not get a guy who can do that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with, with Alex there where, you know, Sproles is an expensive player on your roster. Um, I believe he's entering entering his last year of his contract. Um, oh. So I could I could see them moving on from him uh, next year. Um, and and then you've got you you just you know Smallwood just steps in and hopefully takes over that role as a third down running back out of the backfield, um, change of pace kind of back. Um, so I I, I four inches shorter. Yeah, well, I, th- I, I, a lot of a lot of the mock drafters had us taking a, like a hef- a heavier back that would that was kind of a different style than the kind of running backs we have on the roster. Now, obviously, we have Ma- Ryan Matthews, we have um, Darren Sproles, and we also have Ken John Barner. All smaller backs. Ryan Ryan Matthews can lower the shoulder and and deliver a hit, but by no means a larger back. Um, He's got a lot of heart, though. He does not give up when people are grabbing him. Yeah, he, no, he definitely he will does. He to push through that pile. He will fight for a couple extra yards. Yeah, he will fight for six inches. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the next one. Um, not as long of a wait for the next pick. Only uh, 11, 11 picks later. Um, again, round five, pick number 164. It's a tackle, offensive tackle out of TCU. It's, let me get this name right. Halapula Vate Vaitai. How'd I do? How'd I do? That... I think you mixed up his first and last name. Halapula Vate Vaitai. I think that's... Halapula Vate Vaitai. Offensive tackle out of TCU. Um, like we already mentioned, we, we have Peters, who is, who is older... Um, He's questions. The oldest offensive lineman in the NFL right now. He is the oldest offensive lineman. So yeah, it, it's ankles. it's a depth move. I don't know if this guy will be given the opportunity to, to be a starter in the future. Um, but he but he's here for depth. You know, obviously injuries happen, so that's always something you have to think about. But Alex, do you like the pick? I mean, what what are your thoughts here? 
I like him because uh, even if Peters is here the whole season, I don't think he's playing every game. Last season, he was on and off his ankle the entire time. I think that, at the very least, he'll be a guy that will be able to, even if Peters is still playable, like have Peters rest for a little while and be able to rely on someone else a little bit because last season they knew that if they took Peters out, left tackle was just a giant open spot and they could just send in edge rushers all day long. So I really like that uh, Peters will be able to have a rest at least and then in the future when Peters retires, then he'll possibly be able to take over or by then we may have drafted a new left tackle. Yeah, or or I mean, or you could just go with a right tackle and shift Lane Johnson over. I think that's that's probably the the uh, the end game here in Philadelphia. So you just need to get a tackle. I'm not sure if it's going to be Vitai, um, but like you said, I I you know I wasn't even thinking about that. But yes, there were there were there were games there by the end of the season with nagging injuries that Jason Peters was experiencing where he would come out for a drive or two in the third or fourth uh, quarter and and then he'd come back into the game, you know, a few drives later. Uh, you know, that's that's thing that's got to be something of a concern uh, and you want to you want to make sure that you have players in place to step in in those situations even if they're not uh, serious injuries or, or, or long-term injuries. Yeah, because yeah. left tackle is an extremely important position. Well, that, that that's the blind side for for yeah. most quarterbacks. Wentz is Wentz is right-handed, so we need that. <laughs> You're already looking to the future, not even thinking about Bradford. Let's not go back to that. He's out of my mind. <laughs> okay, all right. So let's move on. So uh, we move on to the sixth round. We have uh, one selection there for the Eagles, round six, pick one ninety six. And now we turn to the secondary, a cornerback out of Auburn. It's Blake Countess. Now, uh, I, I took some notes on him. He's only five foot nine. So yeah. the first player that comes to mind that the Eagles traded away before the the beginning of last season is uh, is is Brandon uh, Brandon Boykin. They traded him to Pittsburgh. Nickel quarterback cornerback. He was smaller. One of the reasons listed that the Eagles moved on from him was because of his size. Chip Kelly was obsessed with 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 larger defensive backs. So, so you look at his size. You know he obviously f- would be better suited in the nickel uh, nickel covering the slot receiver, who typically is a is a smaller, shiftier player. Uh, yeah, he's small. He's kind of small. He's 184 pounds. But he put up 21 on the bench. Can you say that again? A little he put up 21 reps on the bench. Yeah, that's that's a lot for a smaller guy. For 104 yeah. pounds. And that's at that's at 225, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. The one the one thing that I also added here was um, I saw that that there were there were great comments from his defensive coordinator uh, at yes. Auburn, uh, the defensive coordinator Will Munch Muschamp. He said that that he might not only be the best defensive back on the team, but maybe the best player on their entire team, which is which is a huge compliment to pay, to pay to a guy that ends up going here in the sixth round. So I don't know if that means skill wise or heart wise, but I'm glad he's in Philly right now. Actually, it looks like he he's ta- right now here. I see him trying to tackle a running back, a big running back out of the backfield. He gets a, he he he's diving forward. It's a screen. 
he runs. He sees it run right up, gets his his uh his arms around his hips. The running back spins him around a little bit, but he follows the tackle all the way to the ground, and he loses momentum and gets him to the ground. Like obviously he wasn't big enough to stop him head on, but he fall he completely followed the tackle through and got him to the ground. Like so, I'm like it's I don't know. And I see other tapes. He he's been in all these different situations and has done all of it to the absolute best of his ability. Yeah. The only thing holding him up at all was maybe that he was five nine. <laughs> Smaller size, but I think yeah. a lot of these picks have a couple things in common. As Steve was saying earlier, like he was saying that he likes angry, like I didn't say that. kind of players on the he defense. He tackles for I don't know why he tackles like he's bigger, but he's not. He, he tries it so hard. <laughs> I think the team's going to be a lot more physical this year than it was last year. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I agree. Um, but yeah, and, and uh, you know, I think I think the common theme here is uh, is versatility. Uh, Countess, he he took snaps at the nickel. He also took uh, took snaps on the outside, and I believe even at safety. So again, versatility there coming through, which was something that Chip Kelly players really took took you know when Chip Kelly made a selection or, or he traded for a player, that was something he looked for. He looked for players that uh, could he could plug and play in a lot of places. And that's what we're seeing here, even with a new head coach in Doug Peterson. So let's move on here. Uh, we finally get to the seventh round. Three selections for the Eagles here. Uh, obviously, later in the draft, you don't want a whole bunch of selections here. But these could be good depth players. You could find a, a gem here, a uh, diamond in, in the rough, if you will, um, if you're lucky. Now, the first guy is is one that is one of a few that we're going to mention here that has an interesting track record, and I don't mean on the running track. Um, so the guy, the pick here at pick number 233 in the seventh round is Jalen Mills. He's a safety out of LSU. So again, SEC high level of competition. Should have went higher. That was that was the general theme that I got from the the presenters on the NFL Network or on ESPN. Um, but there was one thing, one negative strike against him. He was arrested for battery. Uh, for punch, allegedly punching a woman. The co- charges were later dropped. It, it was lowered to a misdemeanor, and then it was eventually dropped. Um, so he realized he was not a Cowboys player. So, so he he didn't he didn't start his entire career. He did play in forty six games, and the one word that was coming up in a lot of the scouting reports was he was he was solid. He was a solid player in all of these games. Showed up on the game tape. Um, you know, so this could be a steal here. Obviously, the character is a concern. If if that comes into to, to play, it could just be that he was hanging out with the wrong guys in college. Could be you know a youth thing. You know, he might have matured since then. That's what you hope for with these kind of situations. But it's not it's not a huge risk because of how late in the draft it is here in the seventh round. I'd like to talk about the next guy for a moment if I can. Hold on uh, a second. Pete, do you have a comment on anything on uh, on Mills? Jalen Mills? Yeah. 
Um, he's really I, there's some footage here of him doing a cornerback blitz, and he runs down that quarterback and tackles him like he, he's trying the quarterback's trying to get away, and he just can't he can't get away. Well, that's like, <laughs> he's got really good ball. He's got really good ball awareness. There was uh, there was one video that I saw of Jalen Mills uh, that was posted on social media somewhere while he was at LSU. It was in it was in a, a practice or something along those lines, and it was a three on one drill. So it was kind of like a pursuit drill where he had to fight through three players to get to a target. So it was like a dummy setup, and there were three players that he had to get through to get to this this dummy, and he fought through all three players. And got there quick. The guy just looked hungry, even in, you know, a practice or training camp or whatever this ended up being. He just looked to to have you know have this uh, this 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 gear, this extra gear to get to to where he needed to get to to get to his target. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like I said, it's not a huge risk if it if it ends up being an excellent pick. The, the uh Howie Roseman the Eagles draft uh draft team will look like uh look like geniuses. Uh so we'll move on here. Alex wants to make a comment on the next guy and what do you know his name is also Alex with hey. with pick number 240 overall in the 7th round. The Eagles took defensive end Alex McAllister out of Florida. Wow. Now with him, I took a couple notes. I said that it was I called it a flyer pick. That it wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't. It's not a gamble. It's kind of like if it works out, hey, that's great. If not, eh. Um, but the thing is, is he he's he doesn't have a lot of he's he has a low weight. He he um, so you need you'd like to see him add some muscle to the frame and and put on some weight. Uh, to bulk up, uh, you know, for the NFL here. Well, I don't really think that's really true because I, I don't think he's a depth player or anything like that. He's kind of a one-trick pony in that he does one trick where he runs real fast around the outside on the left and just rushes the quarterback. And I think the thing about Doug Peterson is they like to run a lot of sub packages and just random like weird single time things where they just use individual personnel in specific lineups and I think he's going to be one of those guys that he doesn't play very often he's not a depth guy they don't put him in in case of an injury he just comes in in that one play where they think they're going to need him and they run him in a play like that obviously he needs to learn a few more he can't be a one trick pony like that in the NFL as he could in college but I think the 239 pound 6 foot 6 build will work out for that because He'll be fast. He doesn't need to be a big guy. He doesn't need to battle through things. He's pretty much a a hit or miss thing. Where if he can get around, yes, you need him to be fast. But you don't want to risk building him up if because you lower your chance of him getting through just so he has a bit more power for other things. Yeah, he's but doing... I think the key here is that they're drafting people to use in sub packages and just personnel drills. Huh. Like I see him in Florida, like doing some good stuff. He's obviously he always going. He's always going around the outside using the dip move. Cause he, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And he can get around him because he's I don't know. Yeah, but but that's the one move that he does is what I'm saying. I don't think he plays all the time. I think they plug him in to do that one move on occasion. Well, 
you know, I, the way I see the defensive line working out with the Philadelphia Eagles, um, you know, they're, they're saying that it's going to go back to a kind of a wide nine. Uh, you know, we're, we're back with a 4-3 defense. Um, uh, Connor, Connor Barwin is going to move down to a defensive end, kind of a standing role where he's going to be bringing pressure off the edge, which is great. Um, yep. I think that makes sense here for McAllister. If he's, if he's going to be set up wide, he, he's going to have an angle to make it around the edge. And if he's got speed off the edge, that could be that, that's a perfect fit. Um, but, yeah, I feel like that's what it's going to be. It's just going to be waves of personnel. They're going to be bringing in different defensive linemen all along that line in the interior, on the, in, on the exterior, and just bringing in new personnel you know, almost every play, and I wouldn't be surprised if if he was there on you know rushing the edge, um, you know second second or third downs or something like that. If especially if he has speed, if he's got speed off the edge, that that's you know you think of Von Von Miller, uh, in in Denver. I mean that that was that's his that's his game right there. Yeah. Uh, so let's just move on quickly here. We're we're taking up a lot of time. Uh, the last pick that the Eagles made in the NFL draft before they they signed some undrafted free agents that were unsigned, um, the the Eagles selected with number two fifty one overall in the seventh round. They took linebacker out of Oregon, Joe Walker. Now he he played as an interior linebacker there at Oregon. Uh, you could see the same there. So like a middle middle linebacker in the Eagles. Uh, in the Eagles' defense, I could see him as a special teams player uh, if he w- if he ends up making the squad. Uh, I wrote down uh, depth depth player, and it's it's an opportunity to make the team. Uh, obviously, you have a new co- head coach; he has no biases uh, other than Chase Daniel, who he's worked with before. So, you know, go out there and impress the coach and and prove your worth over someone that's been here before you know if, 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 if he's gonna pick the best players to be in that 53 man roster prove your worth man and if not probably a practice squad player but there you go that's that's my that's that's all I got the good thing is, trained, one, he's trained well though in Oregon yeah I think one funny thing about him is he's he was recruited by Chip Kelly and he got to the Eagles right after Chip Kelly is gone it is funny that a player from Oregon ends up, well, two players now with the undrafted free agents. But uh, yeah, you got a player getting drafted from Oregon, which is you know you, the entire time Chip Kelly was here, uh, anytime an Oregon player came off the board, it was you know Oregon bias, Oregon bias, and all this. And here we go, year one without Chip Kelly, and we've got ourselves another Oregon player. Howie Roseman's giving him a, the middle finger over in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, look what we got. We got a quarterback in the first round. <laughs> we traded up to number two. You couldn't do that last year. Uh, poor Chip Kelly. Yeah. No, fuck Chip Kelly. I like how you agreed at first, and you're like, wait, fuck that guy. Yeah. No, if you would have asked me this, November, I'm sorry, November, May May 6th of last year, I would have I kissed Chip Kelly on the penis, but now I want to chop it off. Yeah, while you were searching the internet trying to find your In Chip We Trust shirts. Yep. Yep. And All right. Just showing us these inspirational videos about how, how amazing the coach is. So, real quickly I here, I would like to, I mean, we just went over the, the, the draft picks that the Eagles made in the in the draft. 
Eight, eight selections overall for the Eagles in the draft. Um, obviously, they had more at one point, but with with uh, with trades to move up to number two, that that total shrunk down to eight. Uh, I, I I overall approved of the draft. It, it, it's definitely a draft that hinges on performance over the next couple years. Obviously, it's a wait and see on Carson Wentz. He's unproven and. That's why a lot of the guys that grade the drafts after it happens are kind of lower on the Eagles, where because that's that's the thing is it's kind of well let's see how Carson Wentz does. Obviously, that's a load of malarkey. There's a great word for you, malarkey. Uh, oh. uh, because you know you, you don't know how how a guy's going to turn out. You know, obviously, that's just off of how where they had them on their board. If they if they got uh, got a, got some guys that you know that this that this particular uh, mock drafter um, didn't think or, di- or you know didn't think this player would have been available. Um, so so he's he's looking at guys that he thinks are going to be steals in the long runs. We're, we don't know. We don't know. Uh, for all we know, some of the guys that the Eagles drafted in the seventh round could be phenomenal players, uh, but we don't know. We don't know at this point. It's May sixth. So, like I said, the Eagles uh, got some undrafted free agents after the draft. Guys yeah. that that uh, that didn't go drafted, they ended up signing 16 players overall. I just I have a couple notes here on a few of the guys that they signed. Um, so we'll start on the off- offensive side of the ball. I'll go over this quick, real good. The guys, they don't really have much on on these guys. Uh, the first guy is is interesting. A running back Cedric O'Neill out of Valdosta State. So that's a small school. Okay, so that, it's a potential big fish in a small pond scenario where you've got a guy with with a, with a higher talent than than what he where he's playing. Five eleven two oh four. He had forty nine career touchdowns there at Valdosta State, averaging over six yards a carry. Now that that's pretty pretty excellent. He, uh, from from what I'm hearing, he had an excellent pro day. There at Valdosta State before the draft, that's where teams really got interested in him. Um, so I, I don't, I don't think he gets drafted regardless. But an interesting pick, um, you know, maybe he, maybe he slides in, maybe ends up on the practice squad. Always, always great to have 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 players like that. Um, next is another interesting player. He's a running back slash wide receiver. Another Oregon player, Byron Marshall. Five foot nine, two oh one. Now, you'd think if he if he was a running back and, and a wide receiver, you know, with very versatile, you'd think that his forty time would be better than what it was. A four five six forty at his pro day, not very impressive, um, but but he he he's a he's fast. But not quick, if that makes sense. Not good uh, Quick, but not fast. Yeah, that's what I meant. Quick, but not fast. Um, so in 2013, he was their he was their main guy at running back. Had over a thousand yards rushing. Wide receiver. He was he he transitioned over to wide receiver in 2014. Had over a thousand yards receiving. This year, he only played a few games before getting injured. Um, the, the notes I have here is versatile player. Not a great athlete, though. Uh, next, another wide receiver, uh, Caleb Jones. 
Six foot three, two oh nine out of Arizona. So nice size. But the one uh yeah, here, I have uh the one knock against him is that he can't get separation. He he ran a four six five forty, so not not elite speed. So he's kind of a work in progress there. Uh, it'll it'll really depend on his route running then. If he do, if he doesn't have elite speed, you, you you need to run some some crisp routes to 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 create some separation. An interesting story about him was he started his college career at Texas ends up tran transferring to Arizona after he broke the jaw of a tennis player. Huh. Yeah, so maybe character issues there again, but we'll see. We'll see. Didn't didn't have any trouble at Arizona after he transferred. 3 years there, he was he was there he was a he was a crucial player for them there at Arizona. Another wide receiver that I I had outlined, Marcus Johnson. Six foot one, two hundred four, out of Texas. Um, the knock on him, though, the thing that, that that's not great about him is he has elite speed. He ran a four three nine forty, so very explosive. But you look at his his cone drills, his three cone drill, and, and things like that. Subpar, not very good. So he's a straight line player. His cuts must not be that great. He's, he must not be cu coming out of his cuts very quickly. Uh, so he's a straight line player. And, but but the thing that's interesting about him at six foot one with that kind of speed, that's a nice combination. So interesting. Maybe maybe another project player that could be could be something special. Yeah, Who knows? Finally, have a deep threat who's not Cooper and can catch a ball. Yeah. Uh, a uh, tight end uh, that I that they that they added was Dylan Gordon. Now here's the thing: out of LSU, here is his height weight: six four, two ninety five. That that's lineman size. I mean, not not tackle size because they're usually taller than that. So maybe a center. Uh, you know, that that that's huge. Uh, you look at you look at pictures of him. I I think he looks a little bit smaller than that. Alex disagrees, but he started 25 games there at LSU for them. Uh, he was a great blocker. Mainly took on linebackers and 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 defensive backs. So you're not you're not. That's the thing that you don't really have any tape of him going up against linemen. So yeah, um, another interesting story here is. Uh, uh, in the middle of last year, he ended up getting stabbed at a bar. <laughs> so he's going to have to recuperate there. Uh, he, I don't know when he's going to be available, but I don't know. I mean, we we have we have uh, some good pass catchers here. You know, it doesn't hurt to have some blocking tight ends. So some yeah, some tight ends that have that excel at blocking. I was going to say I don't think he's a pass catcher really anyway. The actual thing I have on him right now says that he's 322 pounds. So he must have lost some weight. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think he'd be, for our joke lineup where we have all tight ends blocking and we just give the quarterback 10 seconds to throw the ball. Yeah, I want to throw everyone into the end zone, Aaron Rodgers style. Four tight end sets. That's what we're going for. Yep, let's do this. One wide receiver. <laughs> Uh, uh, another one, another one uh, that I have notes on here is probably my favorite uh, addition, even in the draft, even when you factor in Carson Wentz, 
and this is a guy that Alex was was kind of hinting on. I didn't get to comment on him yet, but it's he's a center um, out of Maine. Bruce Johnson, six foot three, two, three oh two. Like I said, out of Maine, so he's from an FCS school, mm-hmm. small school. You know, on on the same tier as like a North Dakota State, so it's a smaller school. The thing is, uh, he won the Remington Award last year at the FCS level, so that was. He was the best center at the at that level. The notes that I have on him are that he is mean, tough kid. the the one The one writer that I was reading said that he plays until the whistle and doesn't stop until a, a half second after the whistle. He drives. He not only drives people into the ground, but keeps driving them into the ground until they get to China. That was that was literally what the guy said. Mm-hmm. Um, so mean, tough, physical, all those things. I'm excited about this guy. I could see him. I mean, obviously depth is great on the offensive line. And yeah. Um, last one I got here is a linebacker. Uh, so on the defensive side of the ball, Mike Tavares, six foot, 230 out of, incarnate word so that's that's a small school but the thing is is he started at arkansas he started at arkansas so that's a bigger school and he excelled there you know was dominant at incarnate word after he transferred there i don't have any notes on why he transferred or if there was a if there was a specific reason or not but from any kind of footage i saw high motor the guy the guy there was one video where he chased down a wide receiver from the other side of the field and just you know he just never gave up on a play that that's what i saw from him he also uh was on their kickoff return team so even if he doesn't end up factoring in as a linebacker here special solid special teams player with with plenty of experience there from college so i'm excited for him a, a lot of a lot of philadelphia writers that i've been reading are high on him so just to wrap everything up Eagles, not a lot of draft picks, eight draft picks. Uh, they end up dupe, uh, doubling that with their undrafted free agents. Um, overall, I think it's a solid solid undrafted free agent class, a, a, a pretty decent draft class. Uh, yeah. So. I would like to talk about one non-Eagles-related draft thing. Go for and it. And another first-time-in-history thing of the Vikings drafting the German wide receiver. Mobo. Mr. Say it again. Uh, uh, you broke up there? Me? Yeah, say yeah. it again. Uh, I was saying uh, about the Vikings drafting the German wide receiver, Bellinger. Yeah. Uh, I like it. I don't know how it works out. He looks really good on tape. He was best rookie in German football league. Uh, I like that they took the flyer on him. He's an athletic guy. He's big. He's. He, I've seen a bunch of plays where he was like Gronk, running with people on him, dragging them. But he's also fast. He had a uh, 4.41 40. He has a good vertical. He's incredibly athletic. The only thing you don't know is you watch his tape and he looks really good, but you don't know the quality of player he's playing against in Germany. You have nothing to compare it to. Mm-hmm. You said he has a six a four point four one. Yeah. And he's six four? He's six two, I think. Six four. He is? Yeah. Well yeah, but 
He is big. That's, that's and incredible. Oh, he's strong. Now, obviously, obviously, uh, hasn't really played a lot of football. The I I, I watched the interview with him. He said that um, he learned about football watching YouTube. He watched a video of Adrian Peterson. So again, another Vikings try uh, tie there. Um, the way that the NFL Network played this story out almost made it look like it was scripted, like it was some kind of a drama. Uh, they have they have an analyst there on NFL Network by the name of Mike Mayock, very trusted guy, good good name, good good analysis of of these young guys coming out of college. So the whole how the story goes down is, uh, Mayock start uh, Mike Mayock starts talking about the guy and kind of profiling him. This is even before he gets selected. Starts profiling him and it kind of seems like an intro. Well, a little while later they actually have him live on the set there in Chicago. So they're talking to him and, you know, they ask him the, the typical questions and, and asked, you know, if there were any teams that, that had shown any interest in him because it is a pretty great story to see a, a guy that never played one down of football in the United States possibly end up on an NFL team, the first one ever to, ever to happen. Uh, so they're talking to him and he says that the Vikings, that's how he said it with a W, Vikings, uh, showed some interest. They they talked to him, um, had a had a sit down meeting with him, and so Mayock after the interview says, "I'm good friends with Coach Zimmer, the head coach of the of the Minnesota Vikings. Coach Zimmer, I know you're watching. I got Mobo here. That was you know it's Moritz Boeinger, Boeinger. Uh He said you know I have Mobo here uh, live with me. He's a great kid. He's smart. Um, got all the intangibles. You know." Let, let's get this going. So a little a little while later again, they return from a commercial break and Mayock is on the phone. Mike Mayock is on the phone. And uh, the, 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 the host of the draft uh, points out uh, that he's on the phone with Coach Zimmer from the, from the Vikings. Hangs up with from on the phone. A few minutes later, the Vikings end up trading up a few few selections, and the pick is in. It's Mobo. It's Moritz Boeinger, and you know, so it's a wonderful story. But it almost looked like it was, you know, written for the movies. You know what I mean? That that's that's how it came across. At least that's how the NFL was 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 kind of uh, uh, portraying it. The NFL Network was portraying it. But interesting story. Uh, obviously, it's it's one that you know you'd, you'd love to follow and you'd love to see him succeed in the NFL. Yeah, maybe he can get Europeans interested. Hopefully, I mean, I'm hoping this is a continuous thing where we they start drafting uh, international players. Obviously, there's not a big farm market in other countries, but to think that there was not a single player who wasn't from the United States playing in the NFL, like being drafted into the NFL, I should say, is really really weird to me. I feel like even if the amount is small, like there's still athletic people that can be doing that elsewhere. I thought there would be a bunch of Canadians maybe drafted, but no. Well, I feel like huh. the Canadians probably come to American colleges. Well, see, and that's the thing is, you is in most cases these these international players they end up coming to a college here in the NFL or in in uh, in the United States to play football, or they end up playing other other sports. And end up getting thrown into and into the into football, 
and it may end up getting them drafted. There were I know there were a few players um, in the previous couple years that were in that you know in that mold. I believe Ziggy Anza was one of those players that was 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 from an African con- uh, country, but obviously came here. Um, so yeah, th- this is this is a full full born foreign player, you know, obviously from Germany. Uh, played all of his football in Germany, so there there. But there is tape on him. You know, obviously you're concerned that uh, the level of of competition that he was playing against. But you know, you, you, you the numbers don't lie. You look at his speed. You look at his height. Um, looks like he has great hands. So if, he's got unusual athletic talent. Yeah. So you know, if he can adjust to the level of talent that he'll be facing, if he can if he can deal with the coverage. And, and and adapt adapt to to the system there in Minnesota. He could hang around and he could be a spectacular football player. Like I said, it would be a, a wonderful story if he could catch on and and be successful there in Minnesota. Yeah, because he wants to be. You know, you know, he does. He wants to. He literally wants to hang out with Adrian Peterson. <laughs> All right. So just a few things here to, before we wrap up here. Um, I just wanted to. I wanted to take a second here to change to change gears. Um, on a lighter note, um, I realized that ever since the beginning of this podcast, you know, obviously I've been very biased about my sports teams. It's in my DNA. You know, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a shut up, Pete. <laughs> I you know I I. I I, I wear my wear my support on the sleeve. I you know when it when it when it's the when it's the bad times, and obviously it, it's frustrating when when you support a team uh, that, that has done so well and, and take taken steps forward in leaps and bounds um, to fall to a team that typically isn't there, that isn't typically ahead of you. And I'm talking about the the situation in in in, in English uh, football or soccer, whatever you'd like to call it. <laughs> I support Tottenham Hotspur, the team ahead of us that ended up locking up the championship this uh, this past weekend. Leicester City uh, locking up the championship, um, surprising everyone. Before the season, uh, the odds were actually set uh, by one company at five thousand to one. Uh, one guy placing a five dollar or five quid bet on them. He said he was very drunk when he placed it, but it ended up being a great drunk mistake or whatever, because um, he made a lot of money at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. They got paid out beforehand, though, because they didn't want to pay him the full... Yeah, they, they gave him a lump sum that was a, a ridiculous amount uh, because because the actual figure was you know, pretty... More than they had in the bank. <laughs> right. Um, but anyway, so... I, I've what I want to say is that I've I've really I've really attacked the way that Leicester City plays. Yep. Uh, they, they 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 do play a defensive shell, and they do normally only keep two players forward that they send this you know kick and receive kind of uh, of a game where they. But the thing is, is that the whatever defense, whatever whatever formation that they play, they play a four four two. The way that they play, they do it superbly. Obviously, it's not the norm, and that's why it bothers me. Is because it's not it's not this offensive game, and you you have to respect what what they're doing there. Um, they stay very tight. They they do not take unwarranted risks 
uh, and and it and you know so they they don't set themselves up in situations that negatively could negatively affect them. So so that's why you do get a lot of these one nil results. Uh, but yeah, a win's a win. One nothing is is a win in any book in any sport, and. Um, so yeah, I mean you got you got you got to tip your hat. Um, obviously, kind of me of the Moneyball situation. Not, what? Kind of reminds me of the Moneyball situation in in, in baseball, where awesome. like because I think statistically the way they're playing it is how they should be playing it. That it it's better to have a good defense and hope to get you know a chance on offense even though that's not exciting or the normal way to do it, which is kind of how Moneyball went about it. They were like, okay, we're not going to... We're going to... Like, don't take chances. Don't steal... Like, one of the Moneyball things is don't steal bases. It's not statistically good for the team. And so... And that's kind of what they're, they've been doing. They don't take chances. Well, and I and I, th- I, I agree with you to an extent, but I, I think... the analytics on that. I think it I think it's hard I think it's easier to find consistently good offensive players rather than it's it's a lot more difficult to find consistently good defensive players all players are gonna make mistakes at one point or another and I feel like Lester's success this season is a combination of the right formation with the right players next year, you know, just because of 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 how 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 it's going to work with money and everything, they're not going to come out there with the same starting eleven that they did this season. Which Lester didn't make a lot of changes throughout the year. But yeah, they're not going to come out with the same guys, and they might have weaknesses that other teams will look to exploit. So what see. they what they did this year worked, you know, and and a lot of people got on board it's not an exciting brand of football but it worked it'll be interesting to see if claudio ranieri and the leicester city boys can do it again if they can you know come have similar success in next year and the coming years i'd but, like to see personally how they do on the international floor next year if they're the same team yeah it'll be interesting but I, like i said i just want to kind of issue an apology for kind of giving uh, a rough house uh, interpretation don't don't give yourself don't apologize that's what you thought yeah well I I feel like it it was it was a very it was a it was a very gorilla attack on how they play and and I think it I think it's partially because it's fueled behind it being different you know you know it's fueled behind uh them beating Tottenham all the time. Like they did not beat us. They didn't they beat us. Beat, they beat you to the punch. Yeah, I think I think one of the things is also uh, they're not what we normally affiliate with. We're used to Tottenham. They're very Spursy, as you say. The Flyers like to rip. Oh, say it again, Alex. We lost you. Everything away at the last minute, but they don't. Lester doesn't take those chances. They don't make those stupid mistakes that we're so used to because they never put themselves out there. And I think that's also part of the thing is that 
they just don't make those mistakes. Like the whole season, we're like, they're going to choke eventually. They can't keep this up, but I think that's the teams that we're used to because we're used to Philly's a pretty choky city. <laughs> well, I think that's part partly it, but you know, as I brought up in previous podcast episodes, you look around the world, <laughs> the best, you know, it's kind of the opposite of the of the old adage, the best offense is a good defense. I feel like in soccer it's the other way around. A good defense is a good is a good offense because you got you you look at the teams that are finishing in first place around the world, the Barcelonas, the um, the Bayern Munichs, uh, the these teams score on average three, four, five, even six goals each game to the point where even if you have a decent defense, you're not gonna you're not gonna surrender that many goals and you're gonna win the game just because just on sure firepower and the amount of goals that you're scoring. So even if you have a mid-level defense, teams aren't going to be able to keep up with you because you have such a great attack. Now, obviously, that's because of the skill level that you have, the Messies and the the Frank Riberies, and which I don't even know if he plays anymore. But yeah, like the players on Bayern Munich, Mueller, Mueller, Mueller. There you go. Um, but yeah, so I, I, you know, I that that's the thing that's that's a little shocking, and that. Not only did it work for Leicester City, but it worked throughout the entire season. And hats off to Leicester City, to Claudio Ranieri, to be able to pull it off when all the odds were against you. So that that's that's all I wanted to say. Um, so before we get to our trivia that we'll, we'll wrap up the show with, I do want to say that we had a discussion this week, uh, right before the sh- before we're, we started recording, um, we're looking into changing up the format of our show. Now, obviously, we don't have a lot of listeners if we have even a handful of listeners. Who knows? Hi, if you're still listening at the 113 mark, 114. Um, but we're thinking that we have enough content as far as soccer coverage goes that we could make our own soccer uh, podcast. So Alex and I... To suffer through all of this stuff together if you want to listen to one piece right so soccer we'll have our alex and i will have our own soccer podcast it'll still be under the moose na- moose name but it will be a separate podcast we're going to be calling it uh, the moose soccer podcast not a very something. creative something yeah. along those lines um and so that that that'll air earlier in the week probably um you know so we'll get that out um, and then usually, probably later in the week on Thursday or even maybe even Friday, we will we will record our regular Moose podcast with with Pete, and um, so we'll get that out. Which and is it, now being forward that we are Philly based. Yeah. So what we're it's gonna be it's gonna be basically American sports. So we're gonna be talking about American football, uh, hockey. Uh, basketball and baseball you know if we if we want to make mix in any any soccer with like u.s related uh like u.s soccer related um when the world cup comes up or any of the copa america that stuff we can uh but it's mainly gonna we're gonna be talking about about the american sports that 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 i mentioned and like alex said we're going to be philly centric 
a lot of a lot of our coverage ends up looping back to the Philly teams anyway. So we may as well just call ourselves a Philly podcast because that you know when you tack on our bias and where we're located and the kind of news that we're we're consuming it, it it's going to somehow come back to Philadelphia. Now obviously we're going to still talk about other teams, we're going to talk about just general news and stuff, but we definitely want it to be a little bit more of a conversational podcast instead of a news reporting because if you want news just go to ESPN, just go to whatever whatever news site you want to Google go to. The stat you want. So, you know, you'll get you'll get on our on our shows hopefully from here on out. We'll, you'll get you'll get a little bit more opinion, a little bit more um, you know, some some behind the scenes stuff, some facts and things that that are a little bit harder to dig up. Um, you know, uh, we may leave off with random videos that may not pertain or videos random recordings that may not specifically pertain to sports at the time yeah i mean involved things or just stories that but you'll also get our personal opinion on things on peter yeah we will all give our opinion on peter which is we'll get our opinion though you'll get your opinion our you will (laughs) our personal Normal opinion, <coughs> normal people opinion on sports, just like you. You can beautiful. Read. My opinion on your speech was a plus. Oh, that wasn't my opinion of your speech. I'm saying my opinion was a plus. My opinion <laughs> on your speech is that your speech was crap. <laughs> my opinion on your a plus is that it's for me. Um. So yeah, so just to wrap everything up there um alex and i will have a soccer podcast that will hopefully be starting up here shortly uh it'll be airing earlier in the week maybe monday or tuesday uh, and we're going to be talking about all things soccer so mls uh and premier league primarily but if we if any interest is shown in la liga or uh the the bundesliga any any world soccer we will talk about it. Um, you know, obviously we, we 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 watch soccer, so or football, whatever you want to call it, and you know you'll get our opinion. You know, and and if you're from a different co- if you're from a foreign country and you want to listen to us and get an American perspective, there you go. We do do the show in Spanish one day after every broadcast. It's actually under El Moose Podcast. Yeah, well, it would have been perfect. You know, obviously now it's now it's the sixth here. Uh, May sixth here on the East Coast. We started on Cinco. We did. We did start on Cinco de Mayo, so we should have like had like a fiesta. Yeah. Where are our sombreros? I don't know. I don't know. I ate them. Olé. Um, and then and then later. Eating nacho. Later in the week, we will air our regular Moose podcast with Pete, where we talk all things American sports: hockey, football, baseball, (laughs) basketball. Some soccer thrown in there, maybe, and it's Philly centric. So we'll be talking about Eagles, Flyers, maybe some Sixers, maybe some Phillies who are are doing excellent right now. Um, so yeah, that that's what we're kind of looking for the future. Um, maybe to kind of give our podcast a little bit more direction mm-hmm. instead of kind of just throwing random things in from the news. So we'll be able to. Oh. 
we'll do that. Yeah, we'll we'll be able to focus in on on more more uh, more topics than just kind of and be able to cover them more in depth than what we're doing right now. So that's all of the stories that we have today and news. So let's get to the last part, um, and my favorite part of the show. So we got trivia, boys. And it's draft. It's draft oriented. So, um, I'm gonna give you some information here. So the first guy, are you guys ready? Yep. I'm gonna give you each three guesses. Okay. You can use what? them. What? What'd you say? You cut out on. I said you're each. You're each going to get three guesses. So here we go. First, okay. uh, first, first bit of information. This player was drafted in the sixth round, pick number one ninety-five overall in the two thousand ten NFL draft. He was drafted out of Central Michigan. Since being in the NFL, he is a Four-time Pro Bowler. Give me a guess, guys. Uh, you got you're cutting out on me half the time. What what team did you say for? Did you say that? Uh, did you say that? Drafted in the sixth or seventh round. Sixth round of the 2010 draft. Yep. Sixth round Pro Bowler from Central Michigan. Central Michigan. Central Michigan, four-time Pro Bowler. So I haven't, I haven't said what, what team what drafted position? him. I did not say what position he played. <coughs> so all we really got to go on is he's been in the league for five years, and he has four Pro Bowls. Yeah. How are okay. we going to know this? Well, think about I mean, it. So it's a league. Very much. He's a late. We can figure out. He's a late round I'm, I'm pick. Give it okay, what do you got, Alex? Uh, trying to think who's around that age. You got a guess? I feel like my next clue is kind of gonna kind of get you, you know, to oh, guess it. Track. Yeah. So use one of your guesses right now. I have no idea, but Williams. Huh? Sherman Williams. Say his real name. Richard Sherman. There you go. No. But good guess. Good guess. Pete, you got a guess? Hold on, he's Googling. No. Don't be doing that. Don't be doing that. I'm not doing that. Pete, Pete, by the way, looks like he's ready to pass I'm out. Google nothing. Pro Bowlers. Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to give up on your first uh, pick? First guess. Fletcher Cox. No. Okay, so here's the next clue. I feel like this is going to get you on the right path. Maybe even get you to correctly guess the. You're cutting out again. All right, so here we go. Ready? This player has led the NFL in receptions 
twice. Antonio Brazown. Is that your final answer? Yeah. You are correct. Yeah, that was pretty easy. No. How was that easy? He catches a whole lot of balls. He's around the right age. And he's a small <laughs> guy who wasn't expected to be good because he was the improper build for a wide receiver. Okay. All right. Well, one point to Alex. Uh-huh. At that time, I didn't have to say his name correctly. <laughs> Hold on. All right. Next guy. Here we go. <clears throat> this player was drafted in the 2013 NFL Draft. He was drafted in the third round. Pick number 69 overall out of LSU. He was a pro He was a pro bowler last year. He so he was selected for the squad before he tore his ACL in week 15. Drop the mic. Who is it? Come on. Oh. Uh, you guys keep cutting out. Did you miss anything that I said? Last year until he tore his ACL and then was removed. He was drafted in 2013. Levy and Bell. No. Ah. He did tear, tear his ACL, right? Uh, yeah. But I think it was. I think it was before week 15. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I, did, I completely forgot week 15. Balls. Pete, you got a guess? Anybody? Jamal Charles? Drafted in 2012, not 2013. Jamal Charles? <laughs> no. No. Okay, here we go. So this might this might be the this might be the one right here. You can guess he, first this time, Pete. He plays safety. Oh, Or you cut out again. Oh, damn it. This is safety. He played safety. Ooh. Safety. Ooh, safety. Safety. <laughs> oh, no, safeties. Oh. Alex, take a guess. I think Alex got it. I think he has it. I don't even know if I do. I don't have any any other clues that I can give you that won't give it away. I, uh, yeah. Um, Chung, that's not it. Is that your guess? Yeah. No, it's not Patrick Chung. He is a safety, right? Yes. Um, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't completely... Cam Chancellor? No. It's a good guess. Um, now, I, I just want to point out, I would not try to fool you guys on this. I wouldn't try to pick a player that you you wouldn't know. So, 
this is this is a high profile player um, he plays in the NFC West okay Eric Murray no that's AFC. Eric Murray cancer a AFC West no he played he played last year but he's in the AFC West oh yeah but I was just saying he didn't tear his ACL he had cancer did you say the AFC West or the NFC West NFC He's in the yeah, NFC West. I don't know my divisions properly. <laughs> uh, can someone tell me what teams are in the <laughs> NFC West? <laughs> sure. San Francisco 49ers, Arizona Cardinals, St. Louis Rams, and Seattle Seahawks. Someone's clicking around. Is it Matthew the Honey Badger? You were clicking around. Me? Yeah. No, I'm clicking around trying to get better bandwidth. Oh, okay. The Honey Badger. Right. The Honey Badger, Tyran Matthew. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Alex went two for two. I was struggling on that one. I don't know why I said Chung. Don't know where I was going with that. Yeah. I couldn't hear. I kept. I keep hearing. My bandwidth is terrible right now. It cut. My internet gets like slower at night. <laughs> it's tired. Well, because you've been tired all day. I think that about does it here for the Moose Podcast. Uh, Alex sweeping the trivia. Pete having some some technical difficulties. Not uh, technical difficulties. Is it not? <laughs> All right, so uh, thank you for listening if you're still with us. Um, if you need more Moose Podcast, you can follow us on Twitter, at The Moose Podcast. We're also on Facebook, The Moose Podcast. You can da- you can listen to our podcast on SoundCloud if you just search for The Moose Podcast. Yeah, you can. We... Also, you can't see it right now, but I'm pretending to be that spider plant. <laughs> Um, you can also send us an email if you want to send us any hate mail or suggestions or compliments or uh, love letters or to Pete or compliments about my voice. Yeah, you can say yeah, you can say Pete's voice is sexy. Uh, you can send that to our email at uh, themoosepodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, you can download as always. You can download our podcast on the iTunes podcast store. If you search for The Moose Podcast, uh, you can find us about halfway down the page. It is a white background with a black moose-like figure that is kicking a soccer ball. Yeah. The Moose Podcast. If we get any uh, changes to our contact information or Facebook page or any of that because of the new uh, format changes, there will be an update via the Facebook page or the old ways anyway so you'll be able to find the transfers easily yes yeah, so i think that about does it any uh, any other comments from you guys spider 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 to spider spider why banana oh all right well thanks for listening guys as always i was steven anderson well i still am steven anderson steven anderson that over there <laughs>
And this was Peter Whitey. <laughs> He's passing the hell out. And I am Spider-Man.